going to go to this particular psalm, uh, uh, Psalms 119. And Minister Patton, if we can uh, have the Passion Translation, we'll begin at verse 129. We'll read verse 129, 130, and 131. We shared that before. We're in a season where some call it uh, Lent. While we don't practice Lent here, we're not against those who do. Um, it's just not one of our practices. However, there have been traditional things that we've done in the past uh, during this time of the year, or this season, I should say, because we're on the road to celebrating uh, resurrection and uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus and it is one of the main major feasts that the Lord required all of his people. Um, speaking of the children of Israel, under the old covenant, but even moving forward into the new, to celebrate Passover or Feast of Unleavened Bread. That was one of the first uh, holy days, if you will, that God commanded all of his people to celebrate, to acknowledge. And so... Uh, Seven weeks from now, in three days, we will be celebrating resurrection. Let's see, there's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days. Uh, we'll be celebrating resurrection, uh, this, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus, not the birth, <laughs> the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so these seven weeks of Wednesdays, we will um, keep that in mind. We came into this year, 2020, and we came in with uh, a fast for the first 20 days and then also a devotional. And um, I know many of you were blessed by it. I was certainly blessed by it. And so we're not going to do exactly that, but there will be some things that will be coming forward. Things begin tonight, Wednesday. Um, tonight will be normal. I shouldn't say normal, but, you know, regular course of things. But beginning next Wednesday, we'll be doing something a little different, and you'll have the information coming to you soon, if not by Sunday, um, shortly thereafter. But we want you to take this time as a consecrated time as well, as a sacred time, uh, a time to reflect on what our Lord and Savior went through through those last days of his life here on earth. Uh, and what it means to us. We're not going to have you walk on glass or do something weird or bizarre, something like that. But just in reflection, only, I should say, reflection for transition or reflection for uh, transformation. That's how I'll put it. So reflection for transformation. Can we just say that? Amen. Because we don't want to do things just for the sake of doing it. That's just being religious. We want to do things that are going to lead to more fruit. And so we don't want to let things die off. In other words, we do one thing and then it dies off and then we just keep going and we just start floating along and on. Then we do something else and then we just let it fizzle off or die off, if you will. No, we want momentum to be built up in us. We want to continue to grow. We want to continue the excitement. We want to continue to build. We want to continue to thrive. We want to continue to live and live for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can you see this, that your light just keeps getting brighter and brighter every day? 
your joy just gets stronger and stronger every day. It's like you face problems, but let me tell you something. If you didn't have that problem, you'd have another problem. Problems are nothing in the sense of they are, they can be very difficult. But when I say problems are nothing, I mean it like this, like everybody has them. You know, some may be worse than others, but everybody has them and everybody has to deal with something. And if you weren't dealing with what you're dealing with, you'd have to deal with something else. It's just the world that we live in. But see, when we came to Jesus, we got born from another world. Hallelujah. We got born from above. And so everything goes good up there. Dad's got everything in order. Praise be unto God. This is why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want earth to look like, we want earth to look like, okay, so however you imagine heaven to be, and we all want to go there when we die, we all want to go there and we want to spend eternity there, but we definitely, if, if heaven was like, let's see, Harlem in the bad days or some neighborhood that you would look at and just run down and ragged. You understand what I mean? If, if, if that's what heaven was, how many would want to just go there? Okay, I didn't think so. I wouldn't want to just go there if it's all messed up. I want to go to someplace nice and pleasant and peaceful and just, you know, I could just enjoy everything about it. Hallelujah. It's people, that's people spin. People, and I can talk, I really can. Um, people spend all sorts of money to enjoy life, and they like to go to nice places and things like that. I don't know if any of you had a chance, and I'm not advocating it or advertising it. You don't have to, and it's, it's not sinful if you did, and it's not sinful, you know, it's not holy and righteous if you don't, that sort of thing. So don't go. But I, I viewed um, the, the, uh, the, the funeral with uh, the celebration of life, I should say, of Kobe Bryant that they had on, was it part of last week? I forget the day that they had it. It was on the, it was on the 24th, yes, February 24th, 224, one for uh, Gigi and then one for Kobe and their numbers. And so one of the things they talked about was how um, they, they wanted to travel that was his thing in retirement. They just wanted to travel to beautiful places, and he was—he liked to go to beautiful places and stuff like that and have a good time. But pe like I said, people spend lots of money to go to these beautiful places. Nothing wrong with that. Not putting that down, okay? Uh, but you wouldn't—you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to spend all of that money to go to some rundown place, you know? That's just uh, rats infestation and roaches and things like that and just, you know, it smells of, of, of dead rodents and things and, you know, it's just, just you wouldn't, you, you want something nice. Yeah. If you're going to spend money for it, you're going to want something nice, whether it's going on a cruise, even in going on a cruise. If you went on a cruise and you got on there and the ship was dirty and the food was nasty and, you know, the people, were, the, the servers were mean and, you know, you'd, you'd be upset. I spent all of this money for this cruise and I got to spend seven days on this thing and it is just, you know, you wouldn't want to do something like that. You want to spend money on something that's nice. I'm making a point, even though it's a little bit stretched out. I'm making a point. And the point is, is that... <clears throat> 
we all, when we die, we want to go to heaven. As a matter of fact, people, when they die, they just say whether they have received Jesus Christ or not. People just automatically assume and think that people, when they die, they go to heaven. And it's like, okay, obviously people have in their mind and heart that there's something good about heaven. Because when they die, they know they're going to go there and they're going to be there for all eternity, if you will. So the point of that is, is that if we're praying, excuse me, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth like it is in heaven. Heaven must be a nice place. Thank you, Minister Posada. And for all of the people that are watching, sorry. Heaven's got to be a nice place. And we all know, we believe it is, we believe it to be. Uh, the streets are paved with gold. Amen. The gates are a pearl, if you will, and they have these layers, if you will, sardius, jasper, and all of these precious gems and stuff, and it, it's just beautiful. And uh, it's clean, and it's orderly. Every one of the angels that turned against God were cast down along with Satan or Lucifer himself, the son of the morning, as the scripture called him. Uh, the anointed cherub, as the scripture ascribes to him, had instruments within him. He was decked out. He was beautiful to behold, and yet his heart was filled with pride, and he came against God. But he stood before God, and he worshiped God, and he led, we believe he led the, the, the angels in praise to God. We believe he had a third of the host of heaven with him. We believe Michael had what some of us believe, not everybody. And it's not a theological thing where it, it determines whether you're going to get into glory or not. But we believe Michael was over a third or still is over a third and, and Gabriel is over a third. Because if one third fell, then that means two thirds remain. We just don't know the number. The numbers are in the multitude, if you will. So anyways, with that being said, we know that a third of them fell with Lucifer, according to Re uh, Revelation chapter 12. And, and so they're held in chains of darkness, if you will. They're bound, if you will. They can't escape darkness. They dwell in darkness. They operate in darkness. They, 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 they do the deeds of darkness, if you will. So you, you have that. But heaven is clean and pure and solid. I mean, the streets being paved with gold. What are our streets paved with? Asphalt. God paves the streets with gold. So it's immaculate. It's luxurious, if you will. And we all look forward to going there, to be with the Lord uh, for eternity, if you will. So here we have the earth, and then we have some understanding. We don't know everything about heaven, but we know enough that we want to be there and spend the rest of our time there. So here we are on earth, and we want earth to reflect heaven so there's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done in the earth but even as the earth is we still spend a whole lot of money to enjoy some of the things that are on here because some of the things are really beautiful god created everything he created was good until it got corrupted by satan and his demon powers if you will so with that being said now that the earth it is corrupt, though it still has some good things. People pay a lot of money for that because they want to enjoy. We spend a lot of money for the places that we live and we reside. We reside in certain places because we either think that they're safe or nice, if you will, or it's a neighborhood we just grew up in, grew up in and we just stayed there for some people. That's the point. The point is, is that we want earth to reflect heaven 
So we want change to come here so that it reflects what's going on in heaven in glory. And that takes sons and daughters to be about the Father's business and carrying that message that brings about that change. And it starts with our lives first. And as it works in our lives first, it's got to work on our heart. It's got to work on our minds. Remember, we talked a couple of weeks about a couple of weeks ago about the Lord circumcising our hearts so that we could love him and receive his word and obey his voice and his commands. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, they come from the Lord. And so the Lord wants us to hear. He wants us to see. He wants us to believe. We believe with the heart. We don't believe with our mind. Is there a difference? Yeah, our mind is our brain up here. A heart is actually the, the spiritual born-again heart is here in your belly. Why do we say that? Because Jesus said in uh, John chapter 7, around uh, verse 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he says, and this he spake concerning the Holy Ghost who had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so for the believer, this is this, when we do that, or if, if, if one of the believers came now, people, certain people shouldn't be touching certain people, if you will. But if you were being ministered to and there was a, a tap right there, it's because that's where your spirit man is. And it's like, activate, you know, activate. And you can do it to yourself, too. Activate, if you will. Because sometimes you get weighed down, burdened down by things going on. And it's like, activate. Why? Where do we get that from? Well, they say after a doctor does heart surgery or heart transplant, that if that heart doesn't start beating after they connected everything, they give it a, they give it a little thump, if you will. And once they give it that thump, all of a sudden, do 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 Activate. Activate. Because that's what they're doing. Activate. Activate. So it's okay to, you know, come on, Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Reveal to me. Come on, Holy Ghost. Increase in me. Come on, Holy Ghost. Lead me. Guide me. Teach me. Show me. Reveal. Open the eyes of my understanding so that I can comprehend what God is saying to me. Remove this callousness off of my heart. Unstop my deaf ears. Open my eyes that I can see. Remove the veil. Remove the scales. Remove the things that are hindering me from getting everything that God wants me to have. Okay. That's an introduction for tonight. Now we'll get to the word. Psalms. Oh, it's still not there. Now, did I say Psalms? Okay, Psalms 130, uh, 119. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 119. There it is. Let's go down to verse 129. He's moving. Okay, let me do it on my iPad. I might be able to get there quicker. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. Okay, it reads as follows. Are you able to go down to 129, Minister Patton? Oh, there we go. Okay. 
we can all read together. One, two, three. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Let's stop right there. Um, think about that. Think about just that one half a sentence that we've read. The psalmist is speaking about the word of God to him, and the word of God is not only to the person who wrote this psalm, but the word of God is to each and every one of us. And yet in his life, as well as in our lives, is this is the attitude, the mindset, the heart. This is where we place our faith in God's word. Your marvelous word. They're not just average words. They're not just normal words. They're not just human words. These are God's words. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Now, if that's the case, when the word goes forth, it comes forth in seed form to us. It comes in our ears as we hear someone speaking, like you hear my voice speaking right now. And so it's going into your ears. Um, and then in your ears, filtered through your mind. And as you continue to meditate on it, it sinks down into the heart. The Bible tells us, this is not me making anything up, it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, it says, for with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, but with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So the heart is key for every one of us, and this is where the word needs to get to, not just in our ears to where we hear because we can hear and still not respond and do. We know it in raising children. We tell our children, don't go in the cookie jar. That's something simple. We might tell them something else, like don't, uh, don't mess up your bed, you know, and, and then they go and mess it up, or make your bed up, and they don't make their bed up, or don't go in the cookie jar, and what do they do but go in the cookie jar? Don't touch that. It's hot, and then they go and they touch it anyways. They heard our sound, but it didn't register in their mind and filter down to their heart so that they would obey it. And that's why we need the circumcision of the heart, if you will, to remove the callousness of the heart. And what God does is he goes even further. He gives us a new heart, but even with the new heart itself, we must keep it clean. Keep it from being contaminated. Keep it from being uh, uh, hardened, if you will, because we can still harden our hearts even though we're saved. Even though we're born again, even though we got a new heart, we got a new spirit, if you will, we can still become hardened by the elements of life or by the wrongdoings of people. We get offended by something. It don't matter how long we've been saved. We will put up a defense. We don't have to, but we will. It's like a natural response, and it can hinder us in our wall. But we want to keep our hearts, as the scripture says, soft and pliable to the master's touch. So that we can receive, as James said, with meekness, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul. So that being said, when this comes, your marvelous words are living miracles. Our hearts should open up and like, yeah, and swallow it whole. And it's not just living miracles just to go into the airways or happen just for somebody else. No, your words are miracles for my life. Hallelujah. Your word comes in seed form. I hear it in my ear. It goes through the filter of my mind and it sinks down into my heart, the soil of my heart. And because my heart is right with God and not calloused or cold or indifferent with God, but believes God and trusts God. 
God wants us at the place where we trust him with our very lives. Yeah. You know, we hear it time and time again, but it's actually the walking through, the living it out, the working it out. That's where the rubber meets the road, if you will. But that's where God wants it to happen. <laughs> he doesn't just want it to just, just for us to hear the sound. It's like, I'm giving you this. I was sharing with QLM on Monday. I'm giving you this because this is what I want you to do. And it's not a difficult assignment or instruction. It's just something that we may not at the time feel like doing. And God is like, at this time, this is what you do. And if you do it, you're going to see the results. But if you don't do it, you won't see the results. But my word will still be the same word that won't return to me void. It'll accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing or the heart or the person that I send it to. So your marvelous words are living miracles. Listen to this. No wonder I long to obey everything you say. What an attitude. Praise God. You know, daddy is like open arms for his sons and daughters to have that type of a mindset. No wonder I long to obey everything you say. We give our opinions. We, we, we say, I ain't doing that. I ain't going. No, that's just too much. I, I don't think that's necessary. I just think that, you know, that's just some man wrote that, not God. And, and God is like, that's my word. And then he goes on, break open your word within me until revelation light. Everybody say revelation light. Paul prayed this over the church at Ephesus, but he prayed it for the body of Christ. He prayed it, and that prayer is still effect in our day and time. And that is that God will open the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, to know the hope of his calling. And what that means is, is that God would, the photos, he would shine the light upon our hearts and give us understanding. You need light in order to see in the dark. And when you don't understand a particular saying, even proverbs or enigmas can be known as dark sayings because you just don't get it on the surface. You got to dig a little deeper, if you will. But that God shines the light helps us to see better. Amen. He gives us that spirit of understanding in order to receive with meekness and graft the word. Why? Because it's able to save our soul. It will transform our lives. It will turn us. Turns us. That's turn. Turn us into a new person altogether. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with, listen to this, with open hearts. What did I just share earlier? You know, if we know that this is a mindset, if this is how God is towards us, and we hear his word, we just open up our heart and just envelop that word that comes to us. Even these words right now. It's like, Lord, help me to get there. I may not be there right now, but I want to see your words as marvelous and as living miracles in my life. No, long, no wonder I long to obey. Lord, I want to obey every word you say. I just want to do your will. That was one of the things that Martin Luther King said the night before he was assassinated. And as a preacher, you can understand or relate to that. Not necessarily in the sense that, you, 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 know, you're gonna, some, you know, someone's going to try and assassinate you. You don't know when, you don't know where, but you know that the threats have come and the threats are real. But in his speech, he said, I just want to do God's will. You know, it's like, leave me alone. I just want to do God's will. That's all, that's all I want to do. And, of course, we know what happened, but nevertheless, those were the words that he spoke. And I don't bring that forward to create any type of stirring or anything like that. I'm just using it as an example of wanting to obey everything he says to us. 
you get to that place as you continue to grow and to mature in the faith. I just want to do God's will. You hear people say, I just want more of God. And God is like, how much more do you want of me? Because you got me. I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now let me increase in you. Hallelujah. Let me expand your borders, stretch out your tent pit. Let me enlarge you to encompass my will concerning your life. So break open your word. We're almost done. Within me, until revelation light shines out, those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. If I really want to know the depths of God, as Paul talked about the widths, the lengths, the depths, and the heights, to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, if I want to get to that place, i got to have an open heart towards God. I can't have a closed, calloused, hardened heart towards God or towards the things of God. I got to be open. I got to be willing. I got to give up. Okay, so verse 31. I open my mouth and inhale the word of God because I crave the revelation of your commands. In other words, I want to know what you have to say, Lord. That's not only in getting ready to sit before the Lord and open his word and start to read and study and show yourself approved unto God and to ponder and to meditate, but it's even as you're going throughout the course of the day. The Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, he says, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because they trusted in me. Paul says that we are to pray without ceasing. How can you do those things? It's just you're always in a moment of prayer. You're always in a moment of meditating or thinking about God. So it's even during the course of the day. You mean I can't think about? Yeah, you can think about a whole, a whole lot of other things. But bring all of those things into divine alignment with the will of God. See things from God's perspective and not our own. Get God's mind on this matter and then do it for the glory of God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We didn't get to the exact scriptures, but this was good enough, especially as a review. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for each and every person that is here under the sound of my voice. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and understanding to be imparted to each and every one that we grow with the increase that comes from you, that only your good and acceptable and perfect will is done in our lives. We pray, Father God, that in everything that we do in word and in deed, it brings glory to your name, cause us to grow, cause us to be fruitful, perfect everything that concerns us, supply the things that are lacking in our lives as we continue on a daily basis growing in you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed said amen. amen. All right. We thank you for coming.